Hello everybody and welcome to the second installment of the Everyday Enthusiast podcast. I am your host Chris, your Everyday Enthusiast, and uh, yeah, second episode. Uh, I'm so happy to be doing this again. It was a lot of fun the first time. I'm pretty sure that nobody listened except for friends and family, but that's okay. If they want to keep listening, uh, I'll keep talking. So the first thing I wanted to jump into here uh, on our list of topics is the new Kindle Paperwhite. Um, wow. Okay. So the new Kindle Paperwhite is pretty much the same as the old Kindle Paperwhite, but it is finally waterproof. Well, not waterproof, but water resistant anyway. Um, I think up to a meter for however many minutes, I don't know, enough to where you can take it by the pool or, uh, you know, on the beach and not have to worry about it. Um, the Kindle holds a dear place in my heart. I love the idea of the Kindle. I love that it takes up almost no space in my bag and I can have all the books I want to have right there with me wherever I go. But I'm a little torn because I also love physical books. I love reading in general. And uh, even though I don't get as much time to read uh, as I used to, you know, what with, uh, you know, a child and marriage and full-time work and all that stuff, uh, it takes up a lot of time, but I still love to read whenever I can. And um, I just, I'm a big fan of books. And I, I used to have a thing where if I read a book, I wanted to own it. If I read a book, I wanted to have that physical book. Even if I had written, had read a, uh, a book on the Kindle, if I finished it, I would then go out and buy a hard copy cover of that book just to put on my shelf so that I could display it and say, I read that. Um, <laughs> A little while back, I realized how kind of ridiculous this is, so I have since stopped doing that, but I still like physical books. I'm still going to keep a lot of the books, of my favorite books, uh, Fight Club, um, all of the Stephen, T Stephen King Dark Tower books. Those are some of my favorite, favorite stories, and I'm, I'm never going to get rid of those physical books, but I've since come to the realization that just having those books is just such a waste. If nothing else, it's a waste of space. So, again, the Kindle, you know, I, I'm always torn between actual, actually having physical books and the Kindle. Um, but, you know, I just wanted to touch on this because I think it's so great. I still have, I have a Kindle Paperwhite myself. I don't have any reason to, to upgrade. I wish I did. I wish that mine was broken or stopped working or something or... My son got it and thought it looked nice in the toilet or something. I, I don't know, but I really wish I had an excuse to upgrade. But at this time, I really don't. I'm probably not going to get the new one, even though it's a little bit more slim. I said there wasn't too much different, but the screen is now flush with the sides of it. Um, there's still no physical page turn buttons, which I don't really like. But, um, you know, the touch screen is fine. It, it, it serves its purpose. So... At any rate, um, if you've never tried the Kindle Paperwhite, I highly, highly recommend it. If nothing else, 
The backlight, the actual, the reason they call it a Kindle Paperwhite is because it has a back backlight, which is great. If I'm trying to read at night, all the lights are out, and my wife's trying to sleep next to me or something, I don't want to disturb her. And uh, so it's really, really nice to have to have that backlight uh, so that you can read comfortably and not uh, disturb too many people. All right. Uh, the next topic that I had here was that Nintendo is thinking about making not only an upgraded version of the Nintendo Switch for 2019, but also sooner than that, they are going to come out with a Diablo 3 edition of the Nintendo Switch. Now, as I've said in, you know, our pilot episode and now, you know, and now in this episode, I don't have a lot of extra time to, you know, to read, to play games or anything like that. And to be honest with you, I've never been a huge gamer in the first place. I have never owned any of the PlayStation consoles never owned any of the Xbox consoles, but Nintendo holds, uh, holds a special place in my heart. I loved Nintendo growing up. I had the GameCube, which uh, I know not a lot of people jumped on board with, but I really liked the GameCube, and I really haven't had a console since. But the Switch, I really, really like the form factor. I've always liked the mobility, uh, being able to take it on the go, the portability of it. And Diablo is my favorite, favorite game series of all time. Um, I remember being a kid and playing that first Diablo game with my friends, uh, just sitting down, staying up till two, three o'clock in the morning. Just, you know, and honestly, it wasn't even who aren't even really playing multiplayer. I was just standing over his shoulder for an hour at a time, watching, telling him to go do this, go do that. And then we'd switch, he'd stand over my shoulder, we're going, and it was just so much fun. I love the story. To me, a game has to have a really good story in order to keep me engaged and keep me playing. And I think that's why I really can't stand any of the first person shooter games. I am by no means an expert. I haven't played all of them. I haven't played most of them. But they just don't appeal to me because I don't see a compelling story there. So anyway, I've put in a lot, a lot of hours on all three of the Diablo games. And, you know, the third installment, Diablo 3, is not my favorite uh, of the series. But to be able to take that on the go and play the Diablo franchise on the go, I think is, would be so much fun. I'm really hoping that, um, that actually they re-release Diablo 2, maybe in the app store, or they do a, uh, what do they call it? They do like a re-release or a re, a re-engineering, you know, upgrade the graphics or whatever, uh, and whatnot of, of Diablo 2 or even Diablo 1. I think would be just a fantastic play. And I mean, really just update the graphics a little bit. It's not an enormous game, you know, by today's standards. I would love to see this, love to see this. And honestly, if they did the whole series, one, two, and three, and they were all available on the Nintendo Switch, 
I don't think I could not buy that, the, the system, just for those three games alone. So anyways, um, you know, the whole, the link that I'm going to include here is that Nintendo is releasing an, uh, an artwork clad Diablo 3 Switch. Um, they're going to have some, you know, etchings on the stand and on the back of the Switch itself. That's very cool. I, I would, I guess if I was going to buy one, I would get it. Although I might wait until the potentially upgraded Switch comes out next year. Uh, I have always been, or I've always been cursed to buy something and then the company, whatever it is, the company updates it uh, <laughs> very soon thereafter. That happened with, I think, Mac, my MacBook Air way back in the day. Um, I think I bought a Raspberry Pi 2 like uh, three months before the Raspberry Pi 3 came out. Anyway, um, but yeah, very, very appealing to me. Um, okay, the next thing I wanted to talk about here, the world's thinnest phone slots into a business card case. So this is an article that was on The Verge. It is a phone, uh, what are they calling this? It's called the card phone. K-Y-O-O, sorry, K-Y-O-1-L. It's made by uh, Kyocera and is coming to Docomo next month. So anyway, the what this really boils down to is this really small credit card sized phone that has an e-ink display. I love these minimalist phones. I just, I love them. I think they're so great looking. Um, I really wish, or I really want there to be a place in my life for a dumb phone, for uh, something that keeps me connected but isn't Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and whatever. And you know what? I mean, look, these phones are what we make them, right? Like I could delete Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Actually, I don't know why I said Facebook. I don't have a, I have a Facebook account, but I don't have the, uh, the app on my phone. I don't engage at all. Uh, it's really only have it because of Facebook messenger so that people can get a hold of me if they need to. Anyway, that's a whole nother conversation that we may or may not get into at some point, but, um, but yeah, so the dumb phone. I love the idea also of an e-ink display on a phone. I know that you can't browse the web on that or something, but you know we just talked about the Kindle Paperwhite and how enjoyable that is. If they had a phone that was so small that it was the size of a credit card and that had maybe a little bit of a backlight like the Paperwhite, the Kindle Paperwhite, that would be so so appealing. I would love to have that. And as we talked about last week, you know, Palm coming out with this new phone or whatever the TCL, I think is the company that owns the Palm brand right now. Then coming out with this phone. I, I, personally, I think it has nothing to do with Palm. They just put the name on there. It harkens back to Palm in no way whatsoever, but I like the small form factor. So, um, you know, I, I really wish that there was a place. To be honest with you, there probably isn't, right? I know years ago, I was still on a BlackBerry Curve, 
at the time. And I switched back to the LG NV3, I believe it was the NV3. Um, it was my favorite dumb phone that I ever had. Uh, and that lasted literally about six hours before I threw in the towel and went running back to my BlackBerry Curve. Um, you know, so I don't think there's any going back. The Palm phone from last week, that is kind of a, in addition to your smartphone, I think that's a, a kind of a cool idea, but really it's just complexity for complexity's sake, artificial complexity, if you will. Um, I don't think most people really have the extra funds to spend that. Now, if it's something like a, an e-ink display, a small phone like that, that would connect to your smartphone, maybe it wouldn't cost as much, maybe it would be more financially doable. So anyway, I thought this was a really great idea. I love seeing this type of stuff, so maybe you will too. Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, okay. So the next thing I wanted to talk about is a video on YouTube that I saw, again, from The Verge. This is not my sole source of tech news, The Verge, but I like their reporting. I've been following those guys since they were on Engadget and then they switched, they left Eng all left Engadget, started This Is My Next. Um, and, you know, that was kind of in between everything else. And then they started The Verge. So I, I kind of, I feel like I know these guys. I know that's not real. <laughs> There's not a real relationship there, but I like their opinions on things. Um, I think they're critical where they need to be. So anyway, I just wanted to get that out of the way. A lot of the stories that I that I feature here will probably come from The Verge, but I read everything. Um, Gizmodo, Engadget, Six Colors, uh, 9 to 5 Mac, 9 to 5 Google, Android Authority. I like all the platforms at any rate. So a lot of these are coming from The Verge. I just wanted to get that out of the way, okay? But they put up a video on YouTube, on their YouTube account, uh, where Dieter Bone went to the Intel, I don't know, is where they come up with new ideas. And they had this, this, uh, this uh, uh, video, which I cannot stop playing right now. There we go. Sorry about that. Um, where they went to Intel and they were looking at this device. I forget what they're calling it, but it essentially is a two screen device. One screen is, is your display and the other one where you type is, seems to be a reoccurring theme this week, is an e-ink display where they could project the keyboard, but not just the keyboard. I mean, you could have other information right there. You could flip it all the way around and just look at the e-ink display and read ebooks there. Um, I love the idea of this. I think that it'd be very nice to have something like that. Um, I would despise typing on it. Um, however, I like mechanical keyboards. I, I wouldn't say I collect mechanical keyboards, but I have more than one person probably should have. Uh, but um, so this isn't an, an issue for me. I would hook up uh, a keyboard, even when I go out and about, like if I'm going to a coffee shop or I'm going to visit friends or family or something like that, I'm going on vacation and I bring my laptop. I know this is ridiculous, but I also bring a mechanical keyboard because I don't even like typing on the MacBook Pro 
uh, keyboard, as it were. I, it's terrible. It's absolutely atrocious. So this wouldn't be an issue, but I would love to have the two screens to be able to display the different things. Um, you know, the Intel did the yoga book a couple of years ago. That was a dual screen. I don't think it was an e-ink display, the second one, but it was still like a touch screen where the keyboard was. Um, and it just looks so cool. Uh, it's, you know, the next form factor, I think. Although I could absolutely be wrong. Um, Lord knows I have been in the past. So anyway, moving on. Uh, okay. So very shortly, we are going to have another Apple, uh, event, the, uh, iPad pro and Mac event. I don't know if it's actually being called iPad pro and Mac event, but that's kind of what we're anticipating is new iPads and updated Macs. Um, there are a couple of things I wanted to talk about here. Uh, first of all, this event is not going to affect, affect me in the slightest. Um, I have an iPad Pro 10.5 that I love. I would have no reason to upgrade from that. Um, I mean, a new form factor is going to be enticing. I'm gonna go to the Apple Store and pick it up and play with it and I'm going to want to buy it. But the responsible adult in me uh, will prevent me from doing that. It's just not, it's just not gonna be worth it for me. This one is gonna, it works fine and it's probably going to work fine for years to come probably, three, four, five years or whatnot. It's really an unnecessary device anyway when you have a f ridiculously stupid big phones and uh, laptops and everything. I mean, to each his own. Buy it if you want it. I, I did. But, um, but uh, you know, I, I'm probably not gonna buy one, but it will be very, very enticing. The rumor is on these new iPads that it looks like they're going to be a bit boxier. They're gonna be redesigned to bring back the more bo a boxy package where it's like harder lines, harder edges. Um, that is very, very exciting to me. Um, the iPhone 4 and the iPhone 5 were my favorite iPhones ever in the way of design. Uh, and if we got something that harkens back to that, I would, I, I just, I feel like it would feel good. It looked good. And the thing is, is that what that might say is that the phones might go back to a more boxier feel. Now, a lot of people might not like that. Maybe they'll feel thicker because you don't have as rounded uh, corners and edges and everything like that. So I don't know, maybe, maybe it'll be a bad idea and maybe they won't do that to the phones, but I really think they should. I would love it. I, again, I think the iPhone four and the iPhone five were the best designs that they ever came out with. I know now they look very dated, but a lot of that is because of the, the size, right? Like we're we're so far beyond a three and a half inch screen and a four inch screen that they just look ridiculous. Now I know, you know, you talk about four inch screens and we have the iPhone SE, um, but even those, they, they look like iPhone fives. That's the, the chassis, that's what they were designed after and they look very dated. Um, however, I love the look. Uh, me personally, I would absolutely switch back to one of those phones, if they had a flagship 
internals, right? Like if you gave me the, you know, an, the best camera that I could have and, you know, make it thicker, you know, increase the battery. Although the battery wouldn't have to be as large if the screen wasn't as large too. Even if you switch to OLED, I mean, the more pixels you have, the more battery it takes to push those pixels and to light them up and, and display your stuff. So might not have to be that much thicker. Um, at any rate, well, I'm getting sidetracked here, but I think that if they went more to this boxy design, back to a boxy design for the phones, I think people would eat that up, uh, me being one of them. So, um, And the other rumor is that we might get an updated Mac Mini. Look, again, this, this event is not going to affect me because I'm not going to buy one. Uh, the Mac Mini, though, was my first brand new Mac ever. Uh, I had had a couple of Macs prior to that. I had a, an eMac, I think, and uh, a G4 Tower. I don't remember exactly what they were. but And I had bought those used, though, off of Mac Mall way back in the day. <laughs> Very, very long time ago. And, uh, but when this was released, when they released the iMac, or the Mac Mini, I took what money I had saved and I ran right out and I got one. And I had a screen, you know, a display from the, the, from my G, G4 tower, um, and a keyboard and everything like that. So I already had all the peripherals that I needed, but I ran out and I got a brand new one. And, <laughs> You know, we're kind of calling back to earlier in the episode. I played Diablo 2 on that thing so much. Way more than I should have. But I loved it. I loved how small it was. The form factor. And at the time, it was a little cheaper. So it was the cheapest way to get into the Apple ecosystem. Now, now you could argue, you know, we're locked in and uh, there's no leaving uh, and so that maybe that was a bad thing, but nonetheless, I think an updated Mac mini would be so appealing and so enticing to so many people. Um, you know, take the monitors you already have, give us a very powerful, very fast, small Mac that we could hide. You know, I know a lot of people use these as server farms and they'll just like, stack them on top of each other and just use it as a server farm, um, run websites and everything. I know a lot of people will take them and create uh, media centers. So you basically have your whole media, uh, you know, home media system running off a computer, which is great because not only can you, can you consume media, but then you have a browser and everything like that too. At any rate, um, I'd just be very, very intrigued to see what that would look like. Uh, in 2018. Um, the last thing that I wanted to talk about today was YouTube went down. Uh, so when was this? Uh, so I think it was about October 16th. Was it the 16th or could have been the 15th? I forget. I think it was the 16th. But um, YouTube went down. They had a major outage. YouTube, YouTube TV, YouTube Music, they were all affected. And it wasn't very long, but as this was happening, I was watching videos. And what started happening was the recommended videos underneath what I was watching stopped loading. 
say load time error or something like that. And I was like, what's going on? What's going on? Well, of course I pay for YouTube premium. Um, mainly uh, it's a benefit for me. Sure. But mainly, uh, we do this so that we can download videos for our son so that, uh, you know, if we don't have a connection, we can show him those. He can watch those. Now, I know some of you could tell me I shouldn't do that. You know, kids shouldn't watch screens before two years old and everything. We really try to keep that to a minimum. But, you know, when we're on an airplane and uh, you know that that's going to shut them up <laughs> so that you don't uh, annoy other people around you, I'm okay with it for an hour or two uh, flight. At any rate. Um, so I pay for YouTube premium. So what that means is that I can download videos to watch later. I don't have to have a connection. And so my videos weren't affected, but I always go through and I always see what are they recommending to me. And I, I click on some, I add them to my watch later and they download automatically and everything. And I was just so confused about what was happening. And uh, I was annoyed. Really what I wanted to talk about here is just how sad this what this is this was a, the realization um i watch so many youtube videos way more than i should and the outage just solidified that point to me um the the realization that most of those videos that i wanted to watch that i you know that i couldn't uh just you know i don't know i i have to i feel like i have to pare down i have to pare back what I'm, what I'm watching there because, you know, I, when my phone, uh, or sorry, when my son comes home or when I go pick up my son every day, the phone goes away, right? Like I, I put it on loud and set it off to the side so that I can hear it. If somebody needs to reach me, if somebody calls or, um, you know, somebody texts me and they really need to get a hold of me if it's work or something like that. But, but I really, really make it a point to not have that phone with me and on me when he's around, when he's when he's here and when he's awake. But when he goes to bed, I have all these videos that I need to watch and all these websites that I check and all these podcasts that I listen to. It's just, and then, you know, then me and my wife try to watch something from time to time on TV and I try to read these, you know, books from time to time. And uh, man, I'm kind of, I'm starting to realize as I'm talking here, it's media overload. Maybe I don't need to be watching all these YouTube videos and I don't need to be, you know, watching all these, all these shows on Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and everything. I feel overwhelmed most of the time. So, man, I hate to end on such a somber note, but maybe this is something I need to work on. And you guys can reach out to me too. Um, I have to put it somewhere in the description. I realize I'm going to have to figure out how to do this. This is all still very new to me, but you can email me at everyday enthusiast podcast at gmail.com. It's kind of long, but it was available and, uh, it's kind of fitting for, you know, the name of, of the podcast and what I'm doing here. So it's everyday enthusiast podcast at gmail.com. Email me. Let me know what you're watching. Do you feel overwhelmed uh, like I do? I, I just, I feel like, and that's not even including all the new. I try to stay up on the news and what's going on. And like I said in my first 
episode in politics and and local news and everything like that it just seems like too much and maybe i'm putting that stress on myself unnecessarily so anyway i am going to wrap up here thank you so much for listening uh this i i don't feel like i'm ending on a somber note because i'm just i'm having so much fun doing this i love talking about this kind of stuff and again Nobody listens here. Uh, My wife gets sick of hearing me just go on and on about this stuff. So, you know, the fact that I'm getting to uh, voice these opinions uh, in this format is great. Uh, If you guys have have any questions or comments, please email me. EverydayEnthusiastPodcast at gmail.com. No spaces, no underscore, no dots, no nothing. EverydayEnthusiastPodcast at gmail.com. All right, Uh, until next time, keep reading and keep staying enthusiastic. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.